to Let's Talk Tech, the podcast all about talking about technology, the way it impacts our lives, all of that sort of good mm -hmm. stuff here. I'm joined by my good friend Aiden here, who's here to talk some Hello. tech with us today. So yep. it's going to be a lot of fun, lots of great stories to talk about. So why don't you go, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself real fast. Well, I'm a part of The Last Straw Media. I run the tech department. I'm chief tech editor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know quite a bit about tech. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Aiden helps out with The Last Straw. Mm -hmm. Lots of good stuff there. And because we both do journalism, mm -hmm. we know all the good tech stories. So, we've got it this there week. There are a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So, well, speaking of it, there was one big tech story this week that I think I, yeah, we have to talk about. Yeah, I know the one you're about. talking about. Yep. We have to talk about the Apple FaceTime exploit. Huge. This was just a big story that broke out on Tuesday, beginning early Tuesday of the week. morning. Yeah. So uh, basically, for those of you who hadn't heard about it, maybe you live under a rock or something, mm -hmm. uh, there was a major security flaw discovered in Apple's FaceTime video calling app. Yeah. And basically, this exploit allowed you to trick someone else's phone into answering a FaceTime call without their permission or without them Scary knowing at stuff. all. So this would basically give you microphone and camera permissions, access to the microphone and camera without someone even knowing, without them even picking up the phone or anything like that. Yeah. So very, very, very big exploit. Now, Apple addressed this issue by disabling the group call feature, mm -hmm. which was being used to exploit this in the first place. And I'd have to say they responded fairly quickly. So that was very good. fast. Yeah. And um, the actual issue itself, so all they did was disable group calling, the actual issue itself is set to be addressed next week. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think it's worth noting, this exploit could have been there for up to three months. Since group calling was added. Yeah. So that is a big thing to take note of. Lots of potential. Lots of potential. This, this thing could have had major ramifications. Could have blown up. Oh yeah. Uh, so... Apple probably got a little lucky here, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I am not an iPhone user. Mm -hmm. I don't know a thing about Apple ecosystem <laughs> or anything like that. But you are. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and provide me a little bit of insight here. What kind of role does FaceTime play in the Apple ecosystem? Well, FaceTime plays a huge role in the Apple ecosystem. It's an alternative to calling, like on iPhones, mm -hmm. and it's used by pretty much every Wi-Fi supported device on their ecosystem, um, in including iPhones too. So this, this uh, breach has affected them hugely all over their ecosystem. Uh -huh. So FaceTime, very popular with teenagers, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So again, huge ramifications. Yeah. This was a... We're talking about a major, major, major security flaw, a violation of privacy, I'd mm -hmm. say. I mean, this was a super simple exploit to replicate. Yeah. It was just a matter of start a call with someone and add yourself to that call. Yeah. And suddenly that tricks their phone into accepting the call without mm -hmm. them even knowing. And so, yeah, big issue there. Um, but what makes this kind of ironic <laughs> is Apple's 
their reputation for security. Mm -hmm. They've been known for security for pretty much as long as they've existed. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you always hear iPhones are the most secure devices on the planet. Even the FBI can't get into these iPhones yep. sometimes. And yet, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, even better than this, you know, when you get this reputation of security, mm -hmm. suddenly you can start using that reputation for security mm -hmm. as a marketing technique. Yeah. Yep. And yep. they did. And they did. So at CES 2019, a few they weeks put, ago. yeah, just a few weeks ago, they put this ad <laughs> on the side of a hotel in Las Vegas and it says, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. A little ironic now. It's a little ironic now given the circumstances. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny stuff. And, um, I mean, Apple's reputation for... I wouldn't say this hurt them a whole lot. It's not mm -hmm. like iPhones are suddenly the most insecure devices on the planet. Yeah, they've had these breaches before yeah, with iCloud. iCloud and stuff. It was even bigger. That was even bigger. That was a major invasion of some people's yeah. privacy. That was huge. Uh, but it's just a little ironic, little funny thing, you know. It just goes to show you that all this marketing stuff, mm -hmm. it's a bunch of fluff. Yeah. There is no perfect software out there. No perfect security, all no. developed by humans. It, it, we're not perfect. No. Apple isn't perfect. Mm -mm. Sometimes issues like this pop up. And you know what? I will commend them for their security. They're great. They solved it. Yeah. They, they addressed it very quickly, mm -hmm. within a matter of hours. So yeah. it's not like this was some major issue. I would go ahead and go ahead and say... <laughs> that the media coverage of this yeah. was overblown. 100%. It got way bigger than it needed to. Yeah. Because, I mean, what happens is this news breaks out, and then all of a sudden you've got all these tech journalists yeah. hopping on the story. Ooh, let me write my little articles about this. And then by the time they publish their articles, Apple's already fixed it. Yeah, already gone. Issue's done. And, of course, they start fear-mongering. Here's mm -hmm. how disable FaceTime, you know, freaking out when the issue's already been addressed by the Spoiling time they get to it. people for reads. Yeah, exactly. And got to get that clickbait, man. Yeah, that clickbait. <laughs> Even journalism. Uh, but I will go ahead and point out, it is worth noting that someone's already filed a lawsuit claiming <laughs> that the exploit was used to secretly record a court session. <laughs> Not quite sure how that works, but... You know what? Yeah. I mean, I find that hard to believe considering this was largely under the radar for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, three months, nobody knew about it. And I mean, it's not like something you just sort of stumble upon one day. Yeah. I mean, I doubt it was used for that. I really doubt it. I bet it. Very, very few people exploited this to, to gain information from people's phones. I doubt anyone used this at all for any kind of malicious purposes. Yeah. It just seemed unlikely. And this instance that the lawsuit claims seems unlikely as well so mm -hmm. i mean i kind of doubt it happened yeah and it we may never like, know it just seems like someone taking advantage of a situation a already yeah. bad situation just to you know get some little money or something yeah gotta make some money honey apple probably will settle <laughs> yeah so um yeah there we have apple facetime that was a big big story this huge week. story i mean that was that was pretty serious. So hopefully the fix comes out soon mm -hmm. next week. I think they said. Yeah. Hopefully it wasn't more serious than we thought it was. Hopefully no one was severely impacted by it. Yeah. But definitely a very interesting story. Very interesting. So the other big story going on right now, actually, mm -hmm. 
is net neutrality. Um, so right now on Friday, the legal case of Mozilla Corporation versus the FCC mm -hmm. is being heard before the DC Circuit Court um, of yeah the DC Circuit Court and uh, Mozilla, who were the makers behind Firefox, mm -hmm. they're going alongside other big tech giants huge, in the industry huge tech names and 22 state um attorneys general yeah in order to overturn the fcc's decision to repeal net neutrality yeah now net neutrality is a big issue right now in terms of the internet yeah basically net neutrality is some fundamental internet regulations that say here is what internet service providers can and can't do mm -hmm. allowing equal access allowing equal access to the internet for everyone mm -hmm. which is one of the basic founding principles of the internet yeah and also telling these big uh, t giants in the industry internet service providers mm -hmm. that they can't charge for internet access um, to certain websites and stuff creating yeah. their own you know fast lanes as we call it yeah it's very basic stuff the internet without net neutrality could be a much scarier place yeah, a very different place yeah it's... so our favorite little guy a jeep mm -hmm. pie i think we have a picture little of man. him our little man here with the coffee mug <laughs> Mr. Ajit himself. There he is on his beauty, the Reese's coffee mug that's about probably bigger than my face. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the man right now uh, appointed by Trump mm -hmm. trying to overturn net neutrality. Now, the court case today is actually very interesting. Uh, basically, the tech companies, they're trying to argue that net neutrality protects some of the founding principles of the internet yeah such as equal access for everyone yeah it's something that uh tim berners lee the uh original inventor of the World Wide web was very passionate on and still yeah. is is this whole idea of equal access for everyone the internet is this beautiful free-flowing place of information mm -hmm. things required for the internet to be the internet yeah exactly the internet today is based on that mm -hmm. principle it's based on knowledge for all. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of tech companies supporting this notion as well. Just a few are Amazon, Facebook, mm -hmm. Google, Twitter, Microsoft, PayPal, eBay, Etsy, Spotify, Reddit, LinkedIn, Uber and Lyft, Airbnb, Pinterest, Yelp. Just so many companies. Really big names. Because they are very scared about this to be honest yeah. with you this is scary this is a large amount of money they'd have to pay for their sites to be popular yeah and so net neutrality it's a big issue mm -hmm. we're not going to get into the huge explaining every single detail of it today but basically all these websites are worried that if they don't get net neutrality reinstated yeah that their futures could be a lot more expensive and a lot more costly and just some yeah. of them outright go out of business. Yes, they're scared that somebody with more money will come around and yeah, and and not only that, but like these internet service providers. What do we do if they start up their own services? Yeah. What if they start up their own YouTube and then start blocking access to YouTube? That's something we've seen in countries that don't have net neutrality. Yeah. They've started their own their own companies and it's put them above everybody else. It's effectively censorship of the internet. 
Yeah. To put it, there's no other friendly ways to put it. There's no euphemisms or anything like that. It is censorship of the internet, depending on which internet service provider you have. Yeah, and I personally believe that free speech, it go yeah. it governs the internet also. Yeah. So other supporters of net neutrality, especially with this court case in general, include Tim Berners-Lee, mentioned him just a second ago, yeah. inventor of the World Wide Web, and Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. So yeah. there's that. I mean, we've we got some big, big names here. Lots of guys interested in keeping net neutrality exactly. around. Exactly. And um, so we've talked about the tech giants. They're trying to argue that one of the basic founding principles of the internet is being violated here. Mm -hmm. But then the state attorneys general, they're trying to argue that the federal government has preempted state authority mm -hmm. by banning states from creating their own net neutrality laws. Yeah, this has become a battle for states' rights now. It, yeah, states' rights, essentially, because states like California, Vermont, mm -hmm. Washington, and Oregon, they've all passed their own net neutrality laws, basically bypassing the FCC rules and lawsuits yeah. and stuff. Uh, New York, actually, very interesting thing they did there, they passed a workaround law just in case the FCC would try to go after them. Mm -hmm. net, New York didn't introduce net neutrality, but what New York did was they passed uh, legislation that would withhold state contracts from internet service providers that violate net neutrality. So, oh wow, just hold their money up for, yeah. for, up for grabs. Very interesting stuff there. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, the FCC's violation of states' rights here goes against the constitution it's government overreach. it's unconstitutional exactly uh it's also interesting to see one of the other while we're talking about people who are supporting this lawsuit against the fcc mm -hmm. one of the other interesting things to note is that vimeo mm -hmm. the video sharing website is actually one of the primary supporters behind net mm -hmm. neutrality yeah they've got a lot to lose they've got a ton to lose because without net neutrality they would effectively be put out of business due to the high costs and other issues like that. Mm -hmm. Right now, Vimeo, they're sort of doing their own thing, but they're essentially sort of a miniature competitor to YouTube. Yeah, little YouTube. Yeah. And with net neutrality, they are worried, or sorry, without it, mm -hmm. they are worried that they wouldn't be able to compete. Yeah. And they would effectively get shut down. Which they, they probably would. They probably would. I mean, very scary stuff there. Yeah. Um... But yeah, we don't exactly know how this case ended up yet. Um, obviously, it's still going on right now. Yeah. But very interesting things playing out right now in Washington, D.C. As we see yeah. all these tech giants are battling up against the FCC. I hope that it turns out in net neutrality's favor and we have it back. I think so, too. Um, regardless, though, it is nice to see these states introducing their own legislation. Yeah. Because that is effectively one of the best things about the United States mm -hmm. is the states have their own rights to do stuff like that. Yeah, nice to see that the people are doing something about yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's great. Um, and we'll have to see how this plays out yeah. in the future. But obviously the case is undecided as of the time that we're recording. It will probably be decided by the time that the podcast goes up. But yeah. obviously we don't know. We're not time travelers or anything yeah, like that. No. So, uh, but Definitely not. we've got another topic to move on to today. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately... Google Plus is shutting down. Oh, oh we, kn no. we knew it was coming. It's finally dying. So one of the things that happened while the show was in its mm -hmm. little break period 
was Google announced back in October that they would be shutting down their social media platform, Google+. Yeah. Now, the reasoning for this was that there was a data leak exposure of about 500,000 people, which isn't a lot, yeah. but there was a little bit of a data leak exposure. And they also cited another reason as to why they're shutting down Google+, was because of low usage. So they're basically admitting yeah. that no one uses it. And their inability to provide a good user experience. <laughs> yeah, and Google has taken a big bullet here. A big bullet indeed. So we get the original announcement in October. Mm -hmm. I remember checking this. This was like, what, a Monday morning? And I'm yeah. like, wow, it is yeah. finally dying. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long time. But they announced this in October, but then in December... Mm -hmm. They announced an even bigger data leak, which impacted oh. 52 and a half million people. Wow. Because of Google Plus. Google Plus <laughs> had horrible security, apparently. Uh, so they decided to speed up the process of shutting down Google Plus. So they moved it to April. Mm. It's now February, and the process is now beginning. <laughs> so the timeline was provided this week for how Google is going to shut down Google Plus. Starting as early as February 4th, you will no longer be able to make new profiles, communities, events, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, on March 7th, so about a month later, the Google Plus integration with Blogger ends, gets shut down. So then in the coming weeks, the Google Plus sign-in buttons will get shut down. Mm. And also, Google Plus community owners will be able to start downloading more advanced, extensive amounts of their community data okay. uh, in the coming weeks. I, I think that's like March 7th as well. And then finally, April 2nd, 2019, it is dead. It's gone. It's dead. So, wow. It's crazy. It's finally happening. Yeah. It's, a, it's been a long time coming. It sounds like they're glad to get rid of it. It's been costing them more money than it's making. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. Google Plus used to be a massive part of Google's ecosystem. Regardless yeah. of whether people used it or not, Google Plus was kind of that central core almost linking everything together. Yeah, I mean, it was combined with YouTube and a whole bunch of their other services. Well, yeah, so YouTube comments, you had Google Photos, Google Profiles, all these stuff mm -hmm. used to be integrated entirely with Google Plus. Yeah. So the reasoning that Google Plus was this massive part of Google's ecosystem is because of Google's very aggressive tactics to get you to yeah. sign up for it. But regardless, it was a big part of Google's ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fascinating to see how Google is going to sunset such a massive project. It'll be interesting to see. I wonder how this affects other... other Third-party websites yeah. and stuff. How, how does that impact them? Uh, but even if you no didn't like Google Plus at all, mm -hmm. even if you didn't use it, it's interesting to see this massive product get shut down over the next couple of months. Yeah. You have to admit this is a big deal. Yeah, a big deal indeed. So it makes you wonder what other products in the future will get shut down. You know, yeah. what's going to happen next? Where does go Google go from here in the future? Mm -hmm. Are they ever going to try social networking again? Or will things just remain how they are? Maybe an acquisition in their future. Maybe in, that, that could be big. Yeah, that, that would be really be big. big. I mean, Google is known for making some acquisitions that ultimately resulted in some pretty great products yeah or improvements to their existing products so we'll have to see um personally 
I never really liked Google Plus. Yeah. I think I got into it for about a week. Yes. Yeah, oh, same. this is this is neat. Yeah, I like this. And then I stopped using it after a week. Oh yeah, I really like. Oh, I'm done. It's like communities plus one stuff. You know, mm -hmm. you know, really great stuff. And then I just forgot about it after a week. It doesn't stick like Facebook or yeah. Twitter or Instagram. Or it doesn't stick. It's very well executed, boring features. Yeah, it was a very well done product. Yeah. I will commend them for that. I really liked it, but it just couldn't stick with me. Yeah. There wasn't enough. None of my friends obviously really used Google+. Mm -hmm. Plus. I couldn't really find any good communities to check out or anything like yeah. that. It wasn't entirely the best product possible mm -hmm. in no incentive end. to switch over so um i have to ask so like you said you also used it for about a week yeah what were your thoughts uh well i used google and again i had problems finding communities finding other people on the site yeah i think that's been a problem that plagues it for a while oh, not yeah. many well, people use it it's very it's a niche website. It's a very closed off social yeah, networking app. It's kind of interesting because like on Instagram and stuff, it's very open. There's yeah. lots of different things to check out. In Google Plus, it was like, oh, here's a bunch of tech enthusiasts, maybe some mm -hmm. photography people. That's it. Yeah. It'll it'll be interesting. I'd like to see some stuff from people who actually have used it yeah. throughout the years. What what their experience has yeah, been. Yeah, what was because they obviously the people who have been using it over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. they've been very dedicated to it. Very. Very dedicated because, well, to be quite honest, it was, um, there was a lot of people who were just using it constantly and, ha yeah. and really liked the charm of it. A lot of people cited, actually, that they liked the smallness, closeness yeah. of it. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd like to see, see all that. It would be interesting to see what Google does in the future, Will they just give up on it entirely? Mm -hmm. Will there be acquisitions, stuff like that? Very interesting points. I hope they don't give up. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. Imagine a, a Google Plus Plus. I mean, yeah. Very interesting. Google stuff. Double Plus. Oh, that would be great. But yeah, Google Plus, I can't believe it's finally happened. It's We've been waiting on this for years. For years. Because Google Plus, from the beginning, was... Uh, to put it nicely, a failure. Yeah, it was the laughing stock of the social <laughs> yeah. medias. So it, it it's 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 done. Yeah. It's finally, finally. done. It's finally happening. It, it, I'm kind of in shock. But yeah. There we have it. Google Plus shutting down April second. So next up here, let's go ahead and talk about Apple again, mm -hmm. <laughs> because this week Apple got itself in a little bit of a feud. Mm -hmm. with facebook and google they've been busy they've been doubling down on their policy that companies that have an enterprise certified status mm -hmm. can't create apps designed for collecting user data on iphones yeah so basically these are apps that users can voluntarily sign up for to sell their application usage data to yeah. Facebook and Google. Very valuable information. Yes. But Apple isn't quite okay with that. Yeah, they don't like it. So first the news broke out that Facebook has one of these apps. I forget what it was called, but the interesting thing about this app was that it was actually geared towards teenagers. Yeah. Hey, teenagers, come 
Sell us yeah, all the, your information. Sell Facebook your soul. Exactly. No, we, we joke about that, but it's true. Facebook mm-hmm. wants to know every single thing that you're doing on your phone, when, how, what. Yeah, so they can target more and better so, ads towards you. What's interesting about this is these kinds of apps have existed on Android for a long time. Yeah. These sort of user information apps. But on iOS, the thing get, it gets a little more complicated because mm-hmm. Apple doesn't just want any iOS app out there to be able to do this. Yeah. They only want developers to be able to do this. Again, very security-centric. Yeah, and there we go again with the security thing. Apple wants to make sure its users are as secure as possible. They don't want a Cambridge Analytica like yeah. what happened with Facebook. So it, it's a fair policy. Mm-hmm. So what Facebook and Google did was in order to make these apps where you sell your life and soul yeah. to to these companies, they essentially use their enterprise certified status mm-hmm. in order to be able to make these apps, which would only be used internally and under normal circumstances. That's only what Apple wants. Yeah. And essentially it would, they just gave it out to everyone. Yeah. And the reason this is so scary is because this isn't checked by Apple. Yeah. These apps are completely up to the developer. Completely. I mean, you're talking about all this information on iPhone suddenly going out to Facebook and Google. Yeah. Apple clearly isn't comfortable with that, I'd say. So Apple punished these companies this week for the practice by revoking their enterprise certified status. Yeah. So basically, not only did this break these apps that Facebook and Google mm-hmm. have, it also broke a lot of their internal yeah. testing stuff. So that was a little fun. So test flight and stuff, all mm-hmm. that broke. Um, but it was interesting to see Apple kind of flexing their power a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but they had to have known. These these apps are used for people inside the company. Mm-hmm. That's what Apple intended them to yeah. use. And while it's not in writing, it's pretty heavily shown. It's quite obvious that Apple didn't want these companies abusing their enterprise certified yeah. status, which is essentially this big golden boy status of, mm-hmm. we're special. Yeah. Apple doesn't want them abusing that. So they're doubling down on their policies, which is yeah. actually great. Yeah. It, we've seen lots of companies recently doubling down on their policies. They can't be this lax. The minute you give a little bit of slack to somebody, you give it to all of them. Yeah, as soon as you give a little bit of slack, then you open it up to people who want to abuse it. Yeah. So, very interesting story there. But then, let's also, while we're talking about cell phones in general, this mm-hmm. week there were some new leaks for the Samsung Galaxy S10. I believe we have a picture of it yep. right there. So, a couple interesting. of interesting things to note about the setup here. We're looking at a hole-punch camera mm-hmm. on the device, which would be a first for Samsung. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because Samsung didn't do the whole the notch. Yeah, they didn't do an Apple They skipped there. that. So, Apple went fully on board with the notch. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, what's so funny, is that ended up making 2018 the year of the notch. The year of the notch. Because... All these Android phones are like, huh, well, that's brilliant. Yeah. And so then all of that, you got the Google Pixel 3 XL. I ripped that on the podcast last episode because I thought it was just the most ugliest thing ever. (laughs) Things like that. All these phones suddenly have this big notch, and I wasn't really a huge fan of it. Yeah, me either. But you look at this, this leak from Mm -hmm. Samsung, and that actually looks kind of cool. Yeah, it's needed, and it looks 
more elegant. I won't say perfect. It's not. It's not perfect, yeah. Because, I mean, imagine... It'll be interesting to see how this works in, like, some full screen apps and stuff. Yeah, like, a full screen on YouTube or something. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the, the notch video... caused all kinds of issues with yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, but with this, it's kind of elegant. It's Yeah. It's kind of fancy. It's kind of like, nice. I'd like to see how the OS works. Will it have the bar up there? Or... It'll probably have a, a, a pretty, if I had to guess, a pretty massive status bar at the top. Yeah. That's what Google did with the Google Pixel 3 XL, things like that. Hopefully. But also, the other thing to note on this device, mm -hmm. look at that array of cameras. So many. Is that like four cameras? I think so. That's insane. That's that's a lot. That is that's 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 a lot of cameras. What I wonder what the zooms are on those. It could be a bunch of different types of lenses maybe i don't yeah. know it's kind of interesting though so we we've got the whole punch here mm -hmm. it's not a circle it's kind of like a pill type thing because there's i'm guessing two cameras i'm not it's hard to tell from the leak it looks like two cameras yeah maybe a proximity sensor in there as well mm -hmm. um but then on the back you've got four cameras yeah uh, maybe a fisheye lens back there Maybe. That would be interesting. That would be very... All kinds of different lenses for photography techniques? I don't know. Yeah, we've seen companies in the past uh, sell interchangeable lenses. Yeah. Which is really interesting. But this would be even more convenient for people. No changing in and out of so, lenses. I'm going to go ahead and guess that this is probably the S10+. Plus, mm -hmm. Judging by the fact that there's an excessive amount of cameras. Yeah. And it looks fairly big. Again, hard to tell from... The render image but it looks fairly big so i'm guessing it's the s10 plus so maybe the s10 itself would maybe have just one camera and maybe two or three on the back i don't know maybe but it definitely looks like a plus model of some sort of uh, of the s10 yeah but one of the things that i've never quite understood with having all these multiple lenses mm -hmm. when is too many lens how many lenses is too many yeah, at some point we're going to come to an impasse where it's just too many, too many options. I mean, I don't know. But it does look neat. It does look mm -hmm. symmetrical. It does look fancy, like I said. So the S10 looks like it could be shaping up to be a pretty decent phone. Yeah, it'll have to see. we'll have to see if this camera trend stays. And another thing to note about this leak, this is pretty interesting. There's no fingerprint sensor on the back. Ooh, maybe Are we finally getting an in-display fingerprint sensor? Oh, maybe. On the front. I was thinking Face ID, but where would they keep that? Like There's a face no ID array for thing. sensors like that. Yeah. In-screen fingerprint sensor would be we saw revolutionary. That. We saw that with the OnePlus 6. 6 I think it was the OnePlus 6 this year. Yeah. Um, that one had the in-display fingerprint sensor. Mm-hmm. Could we finally be seeing it on the Galaxy S10? Very it'll, interesting. It'll be nice to see it on some flat, bigger, bigger company's yeah, flagships. Bigger, yeah, exactly. It, it'll be nice to see this become more mainstream. Mm -hmm. I can't wait until Google adopts it. Yeah, I'd like to see the quality of it. Will it be dimmer? Maybe. Interesting. I'm, it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate it into an OLED screen. Yeah. I don't know. The, the logistics of in-display fingerprint sensors, they're iffy. But we also have to talk about some rumors mm -hmm. regarding Apple. 
Yep, more because Apple. Apple, yeah, we're talking about Apple for the third time today. This Big is, company. This is a, this is an Apple podcast now. Yep. Apparently, I never thought <laughs> me as an Android user would talk about Apple so much. I've on converted the podcast. this podcast. Uh, but iPhone, it is mm-hmm. being rumored that Apple is reportedly testing USB Type C on their next iPhone. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Because we saw it with the iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. That now has USB Type-C. Will we see it now on the iPhones? So, Will Apple abandon mm-hmm. Lightning? I, oh. So personally, I'm in the Apple ecosystem, and I have tons of chargers, um, different devices that, mm-hmm. that do different things with charging. And right now, pretty much everything, excluding my MacBook Air, runs on uh, Lightning. Yeah. And so it's very simple. I just have 10, 10 or so lightning cables, and I just spread them out yeah. everywhere. So I always have one near me. But it'll be – I don't – I personally don't own any USB-C. Would the transition to from lightning to USB-C, mm-hmm. would that be rough for you? It would, it yeah. It really would, yeah. Because for me, when I bought my new phone, I think it was back in April, mm-hmm. I had to make the transition from micro USB to USB Type-C. Yeah. My phone is the only device in this house mm-hmm. that has USB Type-C. Yeah. The only one. Everything else is micro USB. So I only have one mm-hmm. USB-C cable. That transition, it's still ongoing You know, until we get more USB-C devices. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see... Um, you know how yeah. if apple decides to roll over how will the fan base react to that yeah i personally i personally don't see a point in it um i don't know USB-C has some pros but not enough for everyday use mm-hmm. i'd rather stick with what i know and what i have and yeah. what i've spent money on already and keep the simplicity that that's fair yeah, it's a large I mean, part of apple's unlike with android the transition over to USB type c has mainly been for the new features. Yeah. Lightning already has a lot of these it has features. Those features. It already has fast charging. It already has, you know, display outputting stuff. Mm-hmm. What would be the point of upgrading to USB C mm-hmm. besides maybe the integration not integration but like the making it the standard. Yeah, I I so I can think of two things that would possibly be good. Um one is waterproofing. Maybe mm-hmm. it would have better waterproofing. Um, maybe more durable. That's the other one. Yeah. But then a, a bad thing. Well, right now, Apple makes so much money off of the lightning connector. That is true. They get royalties from anybody who uses it. And yeah. that it's was, their own proprietary hardware. That was one of their reasons for switching over. Not publicly said, of course. But that was one of the reasons for switching over to no headphone jack. They wanted companies to use the Lightning as the new headphone jack. Yeah. But I just, personally, I don't, I think this is just a rumor. I don't see them changing USB-C. I think there are too many things keeping them at Lightning. Could it be maybe them testing it out internally to see if maybe it's something they want to consider? Maybe it's just a, because the rumor is just testing. Maybe they're just seeing how it would work on their phones. Could be. Uh, The other thing to note about the rumors, we're talking about three rear cameras on the iPhones that they're reportedly testing according mm-hmm. to these rumors. Yeah. What do you think of that? Um personally, I have an iPhone 7, so I only have one camera <laughs> yeah. right now. I don't see the purpose in it, really. No purpose. I 
I use my camera somewhat. And people who use their cameras more for social media and such will get more use out of it. Yeah. Definitely. But personally, I never zoom with my camera. And my photos are fine. Yeah. They they look good enough. It's So I think after two, that's excessive. Yeah. Because you can use the second camera lens or whatever for mm -hmm. determining features like portrait mode and stuff. That's yeah. fine. But then after two what else are you gonna do? I mean, we just saw with the Samsung Galaxy S10, yeah. you've got or S10 Plus supposedly four cameras. Yeah, six on the whole device. That's a lot of camera tech. What yeah. about battery drain and stuff? You know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, running the camera app will, will be crazy. That's a lot of processing too. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how the phones handle that. Well interesting discussion thank you so much for joining me here on let's talk tech today <laughs> thanks for having me yeah it was a lot of fun so lots of apple discussion of course but it's interesting to see things sh shaping up in terms of all these companies they're tweaking things here and there they're developing new products always mm -hmm. and that's sort of the purpose of this podcast yeah. is to talk about this a little open up discussions see what people think about it so yeah that was a lot of fun thanks for joining yeah. me today thanks so um if you want to Check out more episodes of this podcast. Head on over to blakewantstudios.com slash podcast. And, um, of course, um, you can also check us out on Spotify. You can check us out Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find Let's Talk Tech. Mm -hmm. So lots of, lots of good stuff going on there. But thank you all for joining us today. Thank you so much. Uh, we had a lot of fun here a talking about tech. A lot of fun talking tech. about tech. Yeah. So I'll have to have you on in the future. Yeah. Uh, lots of great texts. But yeah, so thanks for listening, everyone, to Let's Talk Tech, the podcast all about talking about technology.